Paramount Global stock has fallen to 16% or down 30% in a single day. This is a behemoth of the entertainment industry. And if this stock recovers, you can make five times your money. I'm going to show you how. We're going to walk through the assumptions. You can tell me if you like it or not. Ready? Let's get to work. Hello, welcome to Rational Investing. My name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. Thank you for watching the channel, all the comments and subscribers. I greatly appreciate it. We're going to go through Paramount Global, or Para as their ticker's called. Uh, they own brands like Paramount, Showtime, CBS, uh, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, and they have a subscription product called Paramount Plus. It's, it was a merger between Paramount and Viacom many, many years ago. Now they're transitioning into a digital world as the subscriber growth for the Para Plus is growing at 30% annually. But the margins are down in this business, and the stock has been hammered recently as they're adjusting their growth forecast out in the, for, for, in the forward periods. So let's figure out how much we think this stock is worth, worth based on a conservative forecast and looking out 10 years. Now, I want to encourage you to read your 10Ks. Uh, we're going to go through the annual 10K, which is the annual report. We're going to look at Q1 earnings release just to have a couple tidbits of where 2023 is shaping up. But I want to highly encourage you to read all of the disclosed information that every investment you make releases to the public. Uh, and I'm going to show you my assumptions. Learn how to make the assumptions, make your own assumptions, and do your own due diligence. Now, we're going to review this stock with the five key attributes like we do everything on this channel. We look for five key factors. Number one, top line revenue growth. Number two, earnings growth. We use EBITDA earnings. Number three, strong free cash flow. Number four, low debt. And number five, a well-priced stock. What is a well-priced stock? A well-priced stock is a stock with a conservative growth forecast that over time will outperform the market, or at least based on some conservative assumptions would outperform the market. So we're going to review Paramount on these, uh, this, this, this framework and kind of dive into the P&L a little bit, understand what this business is doing and how much actual cash money does this company make and is it worth the price or $16 a share a bargain. Ready? Let's do this. So the first thing I want to do is just really quickly review Q1 2023 results. It's the most recent results we have. Uh, this channel is dedicated to the long-term rational investor, so we don't generally bet on one quarter or the next. It's impossible to tell what's going to happen. We want it to look out 10 years or so, but we can still judge what 2023 is shaping up to be. Uh, so you can see Paramount Plus reached new milestones, 60 million subscribers, adding 4 million subscribers in the quarter. Now, last year, this 60 number was 65 was their target. So they actually missed their target for 2022 fiscal year uh, by about 10%. This is Q1 2023. They hit 60. This number was 65 as their target ending last, last year. Uh, so they're a little underperforming, but it's still growing. 65% year over year is nothing to sneeze at. So this is the one segment that is growing. They have other segments. Uh, they call this one the direct-to-consumer segment. They have the entertainment sec segment, and then they have the TV and media. And the TV and media is the behemoth. It's growing at maybe, maybe less than 1% a year. Um, this year, I think this quarter, it actually came down slightly, but it's basically 80% of their revenue is this TV segment. And you can see it right here. It's basically CBS Broadcasting, uh, Paramount Cable Network, uh, and uh, the, the business declined revenue 8% year over year. So that is hammering the stock as their traditional media, which is the lion's share of their revenue, is or declined last year. Um, historically, it's grown about 1% or so a year, but I think that recent news here is what's caused the stock to, to decline. Let's take a look at the... Uh, the uh, 10K and look at the operating margins. Let's walk through their 10K for 2023. 
Uh, their top line revenue has been growing $25 billion, $29 billion to $30 billion. So top line's growing on the back of the Paramount Plus digital offering. What, what, what's interesting here is the operating costs are growing faster than revenue. $20 billion, $25 billion, and $27, $28 billion, which produced uh, an operating income of only $2.3 billion in 2020. That's down from about $4 billion or so a couple years ago. And that's mainly because their operating costs are growing too quickly. And they're going to have to tackle that in the forward to bring back margins on this business. Uh, as I think the production costs, inflation is, is biting into this business. And they're going to have to figure out how to synergize to bring back margins to where they have been historically. So I think this business has two main factors. One, the segmentation of revenue. So if you go through their 10Ks, you're going to be able to pull together the segmented reported revenue. So I, as I said before, TV and media, direct to consumer, that's the that's the uh, Paramount Plus, and then the entertainment section, which is basically the big movie launches and other, there's some other re revenue sources to give you total revenue. TV and media here, $22 billion, grew and then shrank to 22.1 billion. Uh, next fiscal next year, we've got slight uh, $22 billion forecast for that segment. The direct-to-consumer business is the one that's growing fast. 1.8 billion, 3.3 billion, 5 billion. I've got 5.2 here as the forecast for going forward. And the entertainment section is all over the place depending upon um, the big movie releases and so forth. So you get your total revenue. That's 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 component number one. The next component is the margin of this business. As you can see the business was 20% margin, 15 and 11% EBITDA margin over time. We're expecting that to continue to come down. If we look at Q2023, Q results, Q1 results, their margins are low and they need to fix their operating costs. They need to cut costs. They need to figure out how to run these segments more efficiently, how to make content a little bit cheaper or raise the price, one of the two. So what we're doing is we're saying, hey, it's 5% EBITDA margin, and they'll slowly recover to about 15, 16% EBITDA out 10 years from now. They will also <clears throat> be able to grow TV media from the $22 billion to about 25 billion out 10 years from now. You get $7.5 billion of the direct TV business, excuse me, the direct to consumer business and basically maintain 3.5 of the entertainment, the big movie blockbuster releases. That takes revenue and grows at about 20% over those 10 year period of time to $36 billion at a 16% uh, EBITDA margin, means I'm targeting someplace close to $5.8 billion of EBITDA out 10 years from now. They're currently around 3.2. All right, now let's review the historical numbers for this business and we'll build a forecast. So behind me, I've got the revenue from uh, Paramount and Viacom as they merged a while. I had to, I had to take the two P&Ls, merge them, and then when they started reporting as one company more recently, I kind of switched to that. So it's a little chunky. But basically, you've got $14 billion in 2023. Uh, grew, you got the merger here of $26 billion as they combine. And you've got a slight growth here, 26 to, to 30 billion over time. This 9% CAGR is really just picking up the entire history, not really relevant. So you're, you're looking 26 to 30 billion over the last, say, five years, not too bad. EBITDA over this time has been profitable every year. It's come down, I think, as they've uh, maybe made, leaned into the digital offering, much like a, um, uh, a Netflix or others digital offering that, that ends up uh, spending so much on content that they run at a loss, which is what Paramount 
Plus is currently doing. They need to figure out how to run profitable. Hopefully that profitability grows as they scale. Uh, but that's definitely something that they need to do. Uh, it has grown historically. I think recently there it's, it's zeroed, and we're hoping that as this grows, the margin will come back. Debt levels $18 billion. $18 billion on $3 billion worth of earnings is a problem. We'll get there in a second. Uh, excess cash, the drop in earnings last year, I think has removed a lot of the free, the excess cash for them. And as a result, the, the market cap has, has fallen. It's continued to fall. It's now $11 billion as of the last fiscal year ending December. So when we look out in the future, <clears throat> we can look at debt ratios. They were basically three times, a little less than three times historically. After the merger of the two, it's gone up above three, kind of slightly above three, uh, which is not where we want to be. We were giving it a pass because it was roughly 3.2, yeah, last year. But with the drop in earnings and debt maintained, the ratio has spiked. They're at now at 5.8 times, which is too high. It's above our three times debt to EBITDA leverage ratio, and they need to fix margins to pay this down or boost earnings to right-size this number, basically get earnings back to once they want, what they once were. And that's the direction I think they're gonna go. I think they'll have to cut costs, they'll have to consolidate um, uh, departments, they'll have to figure out how to make more with less. Uh, enterprise value EBITDA is kind of bottoming now as the stock, I mean, this is as of December, uh, the, the ratio uh, going forward is probably even, even worse. But it's, it's nine times EBITDA. It's probably a little less now that you're, you're trading off a $16 share. This, uh, this price is, oh no, this price is 16 bucks too. So this, this is right. We're, we're hovering around 30 billion of enterprise value on a trailing EBITDA of a low number, right? 3.2 billion. If they were able to get this back to five though, then the, uh, the forward multiple here is pretty cheap at four, four, six times. Let's take a look at free cash flow. Okay, adjusted free cash flow for this business was decent, uh, about averaging 1.3, 1.6 billion, almost to $2 billion last couple of years. In 2022, it was a terrible year, minus $300 million as operating margins shrank, uh, then uh, ca free cash flow disappeared. So they went from generating cash positive almost every single year to margin compression and then uh, some, some taxes they had to pay, and that turned them negative. CapEx maintained, they have to maintain spending that, that, that cash to continue the flywheel. So that money goes out regardless of your cash flow positive or not. And that's why I took down the excess cash on the balance sheet, because if they're losing money, if they're burning cash, that's no longer excess. That's now cash they absolutely need to maintain the business. <clears throat> Debt, they paid down debt, paid $2 billion down. I think that's this is them acknowledging that their debt ratio was going to be high as earnings dropped, and they're buying down debt, which is what I want them to do. Free cash flow goes negative because of operating margins are negative. You have CapEx and you're buying down debt, so that's depleting cash on hand. Uh, it can't be maintained forever, and I don't think anybody's expecting it to be maintained forever. So that's why the stock is still positive, right? Um, or still above zero, uh, because you have to have a positive cash flowing business for it to have value. So this is clearly temporary. Uh, six, uh, 650 million shares outstanding, bought a few shares, but I would expect this to be flat going forward. Uh, cash flow per share, I don't think is meaningful right now because it's negative. The question is, what does it revert back to 
when 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 margins are restored. We'll get to that in a second. And then you're currently at $16 a share roughly there, which is really interesting uh, price per share. Hey, sorry to interrupt. If you like the content, please subscribe. I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want more stock tips, check my website out, cashflowinvestingpro.com, where I produce one-pagers like this one, summarizing 10 years of financial information for America Express. I give you a forecast of what I think it's going to do, and currently, I think it's yield 23% IRR for the next decade. An amazing stock pick. There's lots more. Check out the link below for a free one-pager at cashflowinvestingpro.com. Okay, let's forecast this business. So we, we know that they have a lot of assets that produce value. They've got a subscription program with 60 million people buying and paying subscriptions. We can put a forecast revenue on that by simply saying you've got, you've got subscribers, you've got an average price, and you get a forecast revenue. I think that's, that's fairly easy to, to forecast. Uh, the question is, can they grow it? Can they take the 60, 70 million and grow it to about 100 million subscribers out 10 years from now? I think that's your risk. That's some question marks. And second, can the can the TV media dis, uh, division continue to grow given Q1's drop of 8% year over year in one quarter? Uh, I don't want to take that and just string that out going forward. We need to be rational about this. The TV media segment has been under pressure for a long time, but they've still been able to grow it. So we have basically 1% growth on that number out into the future. What that does is it produces an EBITDA for us of 1.5 billion out next year, which is a 50% cut from where it was before. And we're obviously not trying to value the business on today or even next year's earnings. We wanna know, 10 years from now, is Paramount Global going to be around? Uh, and then if it is, how much value does this business have uh, at that time and, and what would be a reasonable price to pay for it? So what we're basically saying here is I'm gonna have 1.5 billion today, which is why the stock is down. Over time, I'm gonna grow the subscriber base. I'll find some way to continue to monetize the TV media division for about 1% per, per year growth. And I've got the entertainment movie launch business, which is not going to grow at all and just kind of maintain it. Hopefully, this infrastructure can be maintained. And if it does that and margins grow back to about 15% margin, then your $1.5 billion will grow rather quickly, uh, despite the limited growth of revenue, uh, to $5.7 billion. And when I do that and I put a 10 times market multiple on that, I get just shy of $60 billion of value, less the debt that they have now. I'm saying it's not going to grow. They're not adding debt. They're not buying down debt. They're just letting earnings recover, and that brings the debt ratio in line. They get a market cap of $39 billion divided by shares. I get a price target of $60.75 on an EBITDA market multiple method out 10 years from now for Paramount Global. Now, if I do the same thing for free cash flow. And I say, well, free cash flow next year, I think is about a dollar um, uh, putting even debt payment aside. I'm not assuming debt payment. Cash flow would be negative if they had to pay, if they continue paying down debt. But I'm saying if the strategy is to recover uh, earnings and their bank will allow them to have a coverage ratio of above, above three, 5.8 to one, then then they have time to recover. If the bank says, no, I need you to pay that down now, then cash flows will be negative for a couple of years as they continue to pay down debt to bring leverage ratio back in line. But I think the most realistic option for these guys uh, 
and what I would do if I was a CFO of uh, Paramount Global is I would focus on cost cutting. That's the biggest bang for the dollar. It's gonna be very hard for them to pay down debt to the scale to bring the market multiple, excuse me, the multiple down that quickly. That doesn't happen. Mar uh, mul debt multiples take many, many years to buy down if you have to buy it down. If you can cut cost and boost earnings, that's the fastest way to, to fix the ratio. And I think that's where they're gonna go. They'll attack the operating margin and figure out how to squeeze more out of that revenue. So they're at $1 billion, $1.04 per share. And as EBITDA recovers, assuming the same CapEx and some, some, some taxes they have to spend, that EBITDA will flow through to the, uh, to the shareholders, you and I, the common stock equity holders. And you'll go from $1 to just shy of $4 in earn and cash flow out 10 years from now. And so if I apply a if I apply a 6% yield to that, then I get a $65.40 price target out 10 years for, uh, for Paramount Global. Now let's put this in IRR for us. So in context, if I get this stream of cash flow, which is by pro rata ownership, they're not gonna buy down debt, but they're gonna grow back earnings by cutting costs. I can buy the stock at $16 a share right now. I think between the two forecasts, you're in a $60 range for a stock out 10 years from now. When I do that math, this consolidated sweep of cash flow, and I use this IRR function in Excel, I get a 27% annual IRR, which, which means 27% compounded every single year over a decade. And when you do that, that math works out to 5.6 times your money out 10 years. I'll put that on a little distribution scale for you so you're here. If you're looking at this in the future and the stock is moving around, it's $16 right now. This sum, these assumptions produce a 27% annualized return. If the stock goes up, I think it's still interesting. It's still north of 20%, much, much higher than, uh, than the, um, the S&P on average. If it comes down, I think it continues to be attractive so long as the brand, the value is continued to be maintained. Let's review the fu Let's review the five key attributes. Now this one's a little tricky uh, and it's gonna be up to your judgment. You let me know what you think as well. Number one, top line revenue growth, that is growing. Number two, earnings are not growing. They're declining right now, we acknowledge that. We think long-term they can, but I'm not gonna check the box. Number three, uh, strong free cash flow. Uh, no, they need to pay down debt and they either pay with cash flow or they cut earnings. We're assuming that they, they, cut, they cut costs to boost earnings but they could have to pay down, use cash to pay down debt. So I can't check the box. Number four, low debt, no, it's uh, five times, 5.8 times leverage. And number five, is it well-priced? Yes, it's well-priced. So I can check the revenue and the well-priced box. The other ones don't get checkmarked for us if we're being strictly classical to the five key attributes, right? We wanna check all five for further diligence. What I think is interesting about this stock um, is it's very difficult to find companies with a growth forecast that produces something like 27% in the stock market. So this could mean that the stock is uh, oversold at this point, but you have to come over the fact of a couple things. Earnings are gonna be negative for next, uh, not negative, earnings are gonna be down uh, for next year. Cash flow is gonna be strained as they get the debt, but could still be positive. If they don't have to pay down debt, cash flow should be positive. And they have that leverage ratio, which could go away if they're able to boost earnings. So you've got a couple things there that you need to risk adjust for yourself. And if you think that, hey, I like Paramount, I like MTV, I like uh, the, the, the brands that they have, and you think out 10 years from now, those brands will still be around and powerful, which I think is fairly certain, then it's a matter of 
what kind of cash flow can they produce in that? If, if they've produced in the past $5 billion of earnings here for several years running, and the forecast is saying, hey, all I need is another $5 billion, which is what they produced in 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, all these years they made $5 billion of EBITDA. I'm saying they need 5.7. I'm giving them 10 years to do it in. I think that's pretty conservative. And so then if you say you, the brand's going to be around, they can get earnings back, which, which if they get earnings back, fixes cash flow, fixes debt leverage. And then I put a 10 times market multiple. I get a $60 stock price pretty easily, in my opinion, on a risk adjusted basis. So what I'm trying to say is I think here, this is not check the box, but is a very interesting investment opportunity if you like this type of risk return profile. So what I'm going to do is technically, I'm going to give this a meh. Because I can't give it a good, it doesn't check all the boxes. I'm not going to give it a bad because I think there's a lot of fundamental value here that's interesting and, 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 and temporarily disrupted because of what's going on in the market. So take a look at Para. Uh, let me know what you think. Throw a comment down below. Let me know if you like this stock. Um, if you um, if, if, if you want to see other stocks that, that in this format. Also check out my website, cashflowinvestingpro.com. There's two things there. There's an investment course that I teach where I give you an Excel sheet like this. We walk through Apple and I show you how to calculate revenue, EBITDA, debt, how to make a forecast for a business, what is free cash flow, what are market multiples, what are cash flow yield, how to adjust for stock splits or reverse splits, uh, some basic financial and investment, um, uh, not even investment, but financial fundamentals that you'd get in like a finance 101 course. Uh, I, I laid out to you in about three hours of content and in there, you're able to hopefully make models like this for all of your investments and track your investments a bit better than just, um, you know, watching a ticker uh, on, on the screen or, or listening to some guy on YouTube prattle on. Also, if you like this but don't want to do the work, you can look at the Cash Flow Club uh, where we produce one pagers. A one pager is basically a summary on a one page of what uh, we just went through. In fact, I just went through one page behind me, an Excel version, but this is the printed version out where we'll give you 10 years of the data on a whole host of companies, a return estimate, and let you look at the assumption and figure out for yourself. Is this interesting? You want to take the model that you would have had and, uh, and, and change it? You're, up to, you're able to do that. Uh, my name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. This is Rational Investing. Thank you for watching the channel, the comments, the subscribers. I greatly appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button if you are a fan of the channel. Uh, it, always, it always helps me out. All right, have a great day. Bye-bye.